You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, welcome to a joint episode of Giants Splash and A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Giants the Oakland A's in Major League Baseball. I'm Chronicle A's writer Matt Kawahara, and today, Chronicle National Baseball writer John Shea and I are looking back to one year ago, when baseball abruptly shut down in the middle of spring training under the weight of the growing coronavirus pandemic. A's manager Bob Melvin and Giants manager Gabe Kapler will each share their recollections of that jarring and uncertain moment in baseball and the world. And John and I will recall what it was like to cover that from spring training camps in Arizona. All that now on this joint episode of Giant Splash and A's Plus. John, I'd like to start just by asking what you remember about uh, the events leading up to, to Major League Baseball announcing that it was going to be pausing spring training and, and delaying opening day. Uh, what was happening in Giants camp? What stands out to you when you think back to that, that period? It, it's just crazy looking back. It was somewhat normal. I mean, the morning of March 11th, I got this cool interview with Alyssa Nacken. It had been set up, and we talked for about a half hour, and uh, then I went to a backfield. It was kind of a drizzly, rainy day. The Giants were heading out to surprise, but Buster Posey wasn't on the trip. He was working out uh, back there, and he, he had, you know, he, he said something I never really forgot. He said, baseball's secondary. Figure the important stuff out first, then figure out baseball, and and, and of course, I mean, and I, I spoke with Jeff Samarja and Kevin Gausman that day because th- those were two guys who played in that April 2015 game in Baltimore that had no fans. There was civil unrest and nobody was invited to the park. And that was the question at the time. W- would games be played in empty ballparks? That was that was the question, not would baseball be shut down. And uh, but but it was almost surreal looking back that Kapler named Johnny Cueto the opening day starter after that game and surprise and wasn't that strange. I mean, uh, um, we, you know, we all, we all were thinking the season would start on time, maybe without fans, maybe at neutral sites. Uh, but then of course that night, the NBA shut down after Rudy Gobert tested positive. And then the next day, the giants were scheduled to be off. That was March 12th. And that was the day baseball shut down. And, you know, I kept going out to Scottsdale stadium and same with you and Mesa to report on whatever was happening, the goings on, but, uh, you know, nothing was happening. And that Sunday, March 16th, I rented a car and started driving home. The Posey comments, it sounds like were pretty prescient. Obviously he, when things started up again, he opted out of the season, but, and it's just, it's odd to, to look back on that now and, and knowing what you know, just kind of see what was coming. Yeah, you're right. That, that I, I never connected that, but you're right. Posey opted out and, <laughs> Another surreal moment is is once again the manager named Cueto the opening day starter uh, right before things ramped up again in July, uh, and, and so we wrote the same story all over again. But, you know, sixty games later, and a postseason, and now a year later, here we are again. Yeah, yeah. It was in A's camp. It was a little bit different. Uh, the 
March 11th, they were actually rained out uh, that day. They were supposed to play a game against the Angels on the road. And uh, I think they were actually on the way there and it was called off due to rain. So they turned around and went back and they, they, everybody showed up on the morning of March 12th. They had a game scheduled against the Dodgers. They didn't know if it was going to be played or not because that was in the, in the wake of the NBA shutting down. And there were thoughts, I think, that, you know, Major League Baseball wasn't going to be far behind. But, uh, but the A's were all at Hohokam Stadium on the morning of March 12th. It was another kind of gray morning. There were players sort of uh, filing in and out of the clubhouse. Um, we did a couple interviews on the concourse. I talked to Jake Diekman and TJ McFarland, two left-handed relievers, about the new three-batter minimum rule. That yeah. was a story that I didn't end up writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, there were guys kind of milling around, uh, working out, throwing a weight ball against the, uh, against the wall and just waiting. And then when the announcement came down, uh, Bob Melvin came out of the clubhouse and, and talked to a few of us on the concourse. And, and part of his message was, yeah, it seems like it's, it's time to slow down. There's, there are things here that are happening that are a little bit bigger than baseball. And obviously, I don't think anybody at that point, at least, you know, in, in that setting really had an idea of, of what it was going to turn into. But um, it was definitely it was definitely a jarring moment. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, we, I was, you know, going out to Hohokam stadium for a couple of days after that, just to see if we could catch players. And the only one I really talked to was Chris Bassett starting pitcher who was loading up his truck to, uh, to drive back home uh, to North Carolina. And uh, he said, basically, I don't know when we're going to get back together, but yeah, it was obviously it was two and a half, three and a half months later everybody reconvening in July. So uh, right now we're going to hear from, uh, from the managers of both teams. Uh, first, Bob Melvin of the A's and then Gabe Kapler of the Giants will, will share their recollections of what happened in those, those few days and, and their thoughts on how baseball has, has evolved over the last year. Well, I was on my way to a game against the Angels. And as I was on my way there, I got a text from Joe Madden saying the game was canceled. So... Yeah, I think it was weather related though. And then we go back, you know, the, the, the first thing that stands out to me was the Rudy Gobert thing. So we're watching that in the morning and I might've been the day before, I'm not sure, but that's the first thing that stood out to me about, okay, this thing could, could get in here pretty quickly. And then, you know, after that rain out, the next thing was a meeting, uh, you know, amongst our team it felt like there was like a day off and then the day after that it was it's done so it happened quickly it was dramatic to think about it felt ominous um there was no timetable for us to come back and as as the days went on it, it got more and more ominous like are we actually even going to play this year i remember i think it was march 12th uh you came out to the concourse at hohokam stadium and there were just a, a small group of us reporters standing standing around and um, you talked to us for a couple minutes and you basically said uh, it's one thing you said was it's time to slow down um, just generally. And I was wondering, what was your sense then of, of sort of the scope or the potential scope uh, of this? Yeah. You know, as I was saying that though, in my mind, I was like, you know, I have to come out and here and talk to you at a distance and so forth. And I was thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. And then not only was it not ridiculous, the world changed. So um, those were my thoughts at that time 
uh, when I was when I came out there for the first time and had to talk to you guys at a distance. What was your biggest concern in the moment? Do you think when everybody was going their separate ways uh, that we were if we were going to be able to play? You know, if we we're going to be able to play baseball that year, let alone you know get spring training going again. Um, so everybody went. It almost felt like the end of the season when you go home and you know it's going to be quite a while before, you know, you potentially get going again or, or if you get going at all. And then, you know, it, it becomes reality and then it just kind of fills you up and, and consumes you with, you know, now this is not just about baseball. This is about life in general and, and the safety for everybody in the world. When you held that meeting uh, or when the team held that meeting, did you um, sort of leave everybody with a message? Really not because there was so much uncertainty and, and whatever you felt like saying or whatever your thoughts were could change on a dime. And so we were just trying to leave it open, um, you know, stay close for a while and, you know, we'll get back to you once there's more clarity to the situation. We asked uh, Jake Diekman the other day about his memories of it. And um, he said that he was one of the players who thought that, it wouldn't be such a long delay. It might be a couple of weeks. I think at that point it was at least going to be paused a couple of weeks and he thought everybody was going to be getting back together pretty soon. Um, how would you best describe sort of the, the feeling uh, in the clubhouse overall um, at first? Did it, did it feel like that was a possibility? And I think everybody probably had a different thought, you know, um, but I, that's what I was hoping for. But in the back of my mind, you know, as the days, certainly as the days went along, it, it did not seem realistic. But at that time, it was more hope than anything else. And that's, that's what I, you know, I was trying to be optimistic and I was trying to be hopeful that it might only be a couple of weeks. But, you know, as the days went by after that, it seemed like each and every day, it seemed like that it was going to be a long shot. Um, a year later, how is, how is baseball different? Well... You know, we, we, I think the fact that we went through a season and went through the protocols and so forth um, allowed us to be a little bit more comfortable. We came back testing now. It just feels like normal. You know, you, you test and then you go out and, and do your thing. It's the, it's the staggering of times. It's the staggering of stretch times. You know, it's really hard for me to, to see multiple fields out there because you know, there's a couple of things I need to see and a couple more that I can't see. So you just try to pick what you think is the most important thing uh, right now to, to observe. And then you get to the game and, you know, it's, it's limited guys at the game too. So it, it's more the structure of the workouts that are st still feel because, you know, I'm, with Ryan, we're, we're putting together schedules every day. Um, that's still the hard part. That's the one that I hope at some point in time goes back to normal where your whole team can, you know, team camaraderie is big. And right now in spring training, especially with all the new guys that we have, it's difficult for to get to know the guys in the fashion that you normally do. Routine and structure are so sort of ingrained in the culture of, of baseball. Uh, for you last season, um, when you were going through the 60-game season, what was the, the biggest, the most jarring difference for your your routine as a manager? It, it was, it was hard every day. It, it, there was never a day where you felt like, you know, I'm getting used to this because, you know, you're only as a coaching staff, you're, you were allowed to get there six hours before where you're normally seven. 
and on advanced days, maybe even before that. So every advanced day seemed rushed, uh, took you completely out of your routine. You had to find a way to maybe work out. I started doing yoga in my room and stuff on well beats or whatever. To, so I didn't feel rushed when I got to the ballpark because we are so routine oriented and I'm off the charts routine oriented. Um, so that was the hardest part of it. Just, tr just trying to slow your mind down to where, you know, once you got to the ballpark, you didn't feel like there was too much to do in too little time. And, and then, you know, early on, say, you, you know, we went on, went on the road, you got kind of got used to home because of summer camp and um, being at starting at Oakland. Now we went on the road and you get there six hours before it's advanced day and now you your buses pull up and the testing sites at a different place so the buses have to go around and, and find the place and now you feel like you're really rushed and it, it was just hard the entire season to find any kind of routine at all are you still doing yoga uh, i did some in the off season but i'm not right now no um Generally, uh, maybe big picture and not just baseball, how, how has your perspective changed after a year of this? Well, I think everybody realizes when you look at the numbers, you know, that have accumulated that this is way bigger than sport. Sport has found a way to integrate with this. Uh, it's still hard. It's still risky. Um, but, it, but all the sports have seemed to find, some easier than others, have found a way to, to continue to do this and, and, and try to make, you understand, I think, more so that we're entertainment value. You know, when, when as a player, you know, it's a sport, it's a competition, you know, fans are in the stands. But now, I think guys really took pride last year in that we could go back out there and be real entertainment value for a, a country that was completely shut down. And all you were watching sports-wise were, you know, games from previous years. And, and, you know, that gets old after a while. And just lastly, a, a year later, does it feel like um, baseball is either edging back toward what you would consider familiar or normal or moving toward a new, new type of normal? A little of both. But, but hopefully, we, we want to see – fans in the stands. We want to see packed ballparks. Whether or not that's feasible or not, that's what we want to see. That's where you really gain the energy. And, and you know, that, that was the thing that was probably most noticeable last year when, when you were playing is, you know, there's a certain sense of, you know, you gear up for a game, you go out, there's some nerves, which are always good. And then you go out and there's no fans and all of a sudden it's a letdown. And then you got to find a way to, to you know, find some inspiration again. Will that, will that be the sort of the harbinger or the signal of normal is, is when there are fans in the building again? I believe so. And, and not just 20%, you know, more so that, that you know, 20% is great, but everybody's looking for, for more than that. And hopefully with the vaccine, you know, everybody's safe and everybody can come to games and, you know, that's what everybody hopes for. We'll be back with John's interview with Giants manager Gabe Kapler on his memories of the shutdown right after this. And remember, you can access all of our Giants and A's coverage, and much more with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. That's sfchronicle.com slash pod. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Well, Gabe, could you reflect on a year ago? It was Wednesday, March 11th, and the Giants were in surprise to play the Rangers, and the game was called after five innings, uh, wet grounds, and four of us were there, the reporters, myself and Chris Haft and Kerry Crowley, Mark Sanchez, and we had, you know, four of us had no idea what was to come. We were asking you about opening day starter, which you, you know, were nice enough to say, hey, it's Johnny Cueto, and we were all giddy because we had something to write, we threw a headline on it, and we had no idea that, you know, we were hours away or a day away from, from a shutdown, but... But you, and you were about to enjoy a, a, a long-awaited scheduled day off that Thursday, March 12th. But I, I was just curious on, on your reflections going back a year. Yeah, no, I remember that conversation about Johnny Cueto after the game. kind of feels like it was just yesterday. We wrapped up a, a pretty good game against the Rangers and, and, and discussed it just like you mentioned. It was kind of exciting for me to announce uh, my first opening day starter with the Giants mm. and um, obviously really looking forward to the season at that point. And look, we understood that we were in uh, a time that we were going to need to be really careful, but I don't think anybody, and really careful because of the virus, but I, I don't think that anybody at that time was fully prepared for what was to come. Hmm. And I don't think anybody at that time thought that, you know, we were going to shut things down at that point. Um, but I think what that moment did for all of us in the industry was it demonstrated how serious this was, how much attention it needed, and how we were going to need to be resilient and stick together and really follow guidelines, protocols, and, and put health and safety first, which I think we did a really nice job of over the course of, of the summer and um, and even to, to today, after our spring training game today against uh, against the Brewers, I mean, every day we take it pretty seriously. And I think um, a year ago was the jumping off one. Well, do you remember where you were when you first either got notified or saw it, you know, on, on online or um, with with your phone or whatever uh, source you used to obtain that information, or was it a phone call or? How how and where were you? Um, because, you know, the club obviously had to inform everyone to stay clear of Scottsdale Stadium. And then it became clear, you know, within a day or so that, hey, you know, we're not playing ball. And eventually people started going home. Yeah, I don't. So I'm, I, this kind of astonishes me even. I don't remember how that information got to me. I assume it was via text message mm-hmm. um, from, from Scott Harris or, or from Farhan. Um, because at that point it would be my responsibility to inform um, our, our field staff and, and our club. Um, so that, that's my assumption. But honestly, I don't remember exactly how that information came. I can tell you what, what happened after, which was it was a, a, a mad scramble to make sure that we got the information 
to all the parties that needed it as soon as possible. And we started making plans for, um, you know, what comes next. And we knew that we wouldn't be playing baseball anytime soon, but we didn't know how long it was going to be at that point. So, um, you know, we knew that we, we weren't going to be playing baseball the next day. That was for sure. And, and that in it, in it of itself was enough of a surprise. And I guess looking back, are you pretty proud of maybe baseball in general, but more in particular the Giants, how, how you as a franchise handled everything? Because it was so new to everybody. Yeah, I, I am actually proud of the way that the Giants handled things. I'm, I'm actually proud of the way the industry handled things. There are a lot of people... Uh, around baseball who, who felt strongly that last se- we weren't going to make it through last season. Um, I think there were people, and I remember talking to, to national writers um, more in, in just conversations, and they were privy to a lot of uh, the information from the various clubs around the league, thinking that we, we weren't going to you know, start back up at all. And so, and, and at every turn, there, there has been and continues to be a ton of uncertainty. Um, and so that's why I think it, it continues to be so, um, so important that we continue to focus on health and safety protocols because we're just not out of the woods. And um, while it's really comforting to know that, you know, we have vaccines now that we can depend on and that we, you know, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has joined Moderna um, and Pfizer – we're, we're still we're still not out of the woods, and I think we have to be we continue to have to be diligent. And I, I don't want us to get overconfident at this point. Um, I think we just have to take it as seriously as ever. Yeah, we are uh, a year removed um, to the day. And in your mind, how how has baseball changed? I mean, that's a pretty broad question, but might there be one or two elements in the game on your mind that's a, you know a year ago you would have said, wow. I never could have imagined that. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. I feel like we all miss baseball the way we remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what that means is coming to the ballpark like it was a second home and not coming to the ballpark feeling like we have to be really careful. Because really, uh, a major league clubhouse, the sacred space, but it's really a safe space for player, players and staff. It's a place to meet, to eat, uh, to visit, to socialize, to empathize, to plan, to strategize. And right now, it doesn't feel like it is those things. Now it feels like a place to come in and get work done and, and get out as, as quickly as possible. And, and I think in particular, I feel most for uh, people around the game like Ron Wood who really have come to expect the game to be a certain way when, when they're at the ballpark and that it just doesn't bring them or many of us for that matter. I don't want to say it's just, uh, you know, Ron and, and others, but myself included, it doesn't bring that same level of satisfaction. It certainly, um, it, it certainly feels great to compete. And I feel lucky. We all feel lucky to be at the ballpark every day, but, it, but it's not the same environment right now. So that clubhouse doesn't feel the same as it once did. I think that's the, the biggest change that we're all, we're all dealing with. And, and hey, like, I, I just can't stress enough that I know that we are all in a very, very privileged position and that there are people 
who have been, you know, isolated away from their families um, in, in some cases and, and in other cases not being able to, to go to work. And so we are so lucky and blessed. But since you asked the question about you know, what what's different, I'd say that's the most different. Yeah, that's a great point. But now we're, we're closing in on uh, baseball 2021, and there's an exp- expectation for better days. And the hope is for 162 games, unlike last year it was 60. But, you know, we, kn- we know now that fans will be at the ballpark at Oracle, at least in limited numbers. And you're getting the team ready. These are the final weeks going in, and the season opener is not far off. What, what is your level of optimism as we move forward? It's pretty high. I mean, John, you know me as a fairly op- optimistic person in general. So um, I think at, a, at any turn, I'm going to you know continue to have that lean. It's just it's just natural for me. I think I got I got that from my dad, who had a similar outlook and kind of looked forward to each day. So I got to say, I'm, that's that's naturally who I am. In in this particular case, um, that's elevated a little bit because we do have vaccines in place and. Um, you know, people around the country and around the world are slowly getting vaccinated, which is creating um, a level of confidence that we haven't we haven't seen in a little while. And I think there is a bit of a light light at the end of the at the end of the tunnel if we do things the right way. Um, just having limited fans in the stands in spring training has been a huge boost to morale. Um, we love having our fans in the stands and just kind of hearing the cheers when something goes well and. Sometimes even hearing the dissatisfaction when things don't, um, and we miss that. We feel like we're in a partnership with the fans, and uh, they are a part of our team in many ways. And so we look forward to, to Oracle Park with fans in the stands. I think that's going to be a pretty sentimental moment for obviously everybody in the ballpark, but in particular for the fans and the players. Well, this is wonderful. Thanks uh, so much, Gabe. Uh, and we're all rooting for normalcy or something close to it. Uh, good, good luck moving forward. Enjoy the chat, John, as always. That'll do it for this joint episode of Giant Splash and Ace Plus. Our thanks again to Bob Melvin and Gabe Kapler for joining us. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back soon with more Giants and Ace coverage. Stay safe and thanks for listening.